Hello, it's me, your Christmas or general holiday dungeon master, just checking in on you at the top of the show this time with a few things to say. We hope your Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate was great and that you're having a nice break from life getting ready for 2019. Thanks for listening to our special episode. We hope you enjoy it. Sorry this is a bit late. It's the holidays. I'm actually currently out of town on a vacation, so you get it. Better late than never. If you're new to the show, welcome. This is a special episode outside the regular canon, so it's a great place to start. We've got Thomas Owen, who's usually one of the players in our main story, as the guest dungeon master to take us through a special Yule adventure that was heaps of fun to record. If you're a returning fan, welcome back. I hope you're ready to dig into some of Duncan's Yule-related backstory. A general note for all listeners, we actually start this episode with our Secret Santa gift exchange. It was really fun, and there's a video of us all opening our presents that you can find on whatever social media platform you like by looking for Curio Network or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. If it's not your thing and you want to get straight into the adventure, it starts after the music at around 12 minutes. Anyway, from all of us at Curio, thanks as always for listening. It means a lot. Thanks for all of your support this year. We've got some really exciting stuff coming for you next year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. See you in 2019. Um, Are we going to do pre-roll or just... Maybe we'll just come in with a Christmas vibe. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. Christmas vibe, Christmas vibe, Christmas all the vibe. Very good. (laughs) Now, a Christmas vibe is a sex toy, right? (laughs) Ah, Christmas sex toy. It's like a candy cane. Vibrator? <laughs> but on one end it's got Rudolph's red nose. <laughs> More like Rudolph the brown nose, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. back to Ho Ho How to Win Loot and Influence Christmas Dragons. It's a special Christmas edition of How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, a D&D 5e actual play for the Curio Network of Podcasts. This is, of course, our Christmas special episode or holiday special episode, really any reason for the season that fills your heart and fills you with joy. This is this is that episode for that very one. And I am, as always, your 40-degree uh, Christmas Day boy and regular Dungeon Master, Ben McAllister. I am your over 100 degrees Fahrenheit man. Ah, very good. I am your hoping for some cooler temperatures. (laughs) (laughs) Sweatied up Thomas Owen. (laughs) And I'm a chilled out 17 degree ocean Grace Chapel. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Voice Grace Chapel. Yeah. Somebody's been on the bed. <laughs> yeah, it's been a two-day Christmas bender leading into this Christmas record. How do you guys feel? I actually, like, uni's over for the year. I have had more sleep in the last two days than probably I've ever had in any two consecutive days all year. 
So well, I feel fucking great. Ben, I've had a very comfortable night's sleep for the last two nights. Yeah, um, Grace has been staying at my bed and breakfast <laughs> for the last two nights. Not because, like, of any kind of holiday reason. She's literally just locked herself out of our ha- her house on two consecutive evenings with an inability to get into her own fucking domicile. So both times she has required a place right, to sleep. Ben, where's the Christmas spirit? Yeah, well, the Christmas Come spirit on. is welcoming you into my home. <laughs> There's That's no true. room at the inn I of your own everything. house, but you can stay in my stable. <laughs> if you'd prefer. Just don't give birth to any messiahs while you're out there. <laughs> Classic Grace. Yeah. Grace is always giving birth to the Christ child. <laughs> Huge. Uh, I was a... I came from God, I swear. <laughs> That's a oh, hot and spicy wow. Christmas wow. message. Children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't like you anymore. Yeah, well, that's okay. So, this is our holiday Christmas special. So, as a result of that, we have actually organized, we organized off mic last episode that we were going to do a little secret Santa for each other. So, we're going to do that right now. There's a video, um, if you're listening to the audio of this, hello, there's a video component <laughs> as well, which is probably going to go on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Curio Network, wherever those are. You'll yeah, find LinkedIn. it. Uh, so, you can see, <laughs> yeah, look up on our LinkedIn, it's a professional thing. Uh, you can see our, our faces as we receive our secret, secret presents. So I'm just going to prompt the um, special Santa's helper uh, to do it I now. Like elf is the, like, <laughs> it makes sense, right? Uh, I, I, look, the game and the... I didn't want to make it like a race thing, you know? I think like anyone can work in Santa's yeah, workshop. Don't, don't step on my stuff. I mean, no. I would say historically Santa only takes elves into his workshop. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a lot. Like, yeah. I think now, I think it's all the regulations... Anyone can enter, but they are legally an elf if they're there. Yeah, oh, right. that's yeah. how you get elf citizenship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is you take a job at the North it's Pole. It's like how Rome was like, serve in the army for a bit, you can be a citizen. Santa's just like, make some toys, you can be an elf. Yeah. Oh, I think, what's that? <gasps> the is that the sound of... Oh. Is, is that a Christmas oh. elf? Oh. Oh. Merry This is this is my this wonderful is... Uh, girlfriend slash housemate, uh, <laughs> Lily Crotter. Okay, Mrs. Claus. Yes, okay. she's oh. brought the secret oh, Santa present. She knows who they're all for. So why don't you distribute the secret Santa present? Thomas. Oh. Thank you. Benjamin. Ooh. Jackson. Ooh. Gracie. Ooh, nice. And some hats. Only oh, two so hats. Good. Yeah. Yay! Enjoy yeah. your present. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. What order also, can we just say, what a great cameo. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. That's huge. That's I mean, good. that's going to kick start a career. If you're looking for Lily, yeah. I'm her agent. You get through me. And, uh, we'll, What's your cut? Uh, I don't need to talk about that online. Um, <laughs> we can discuss the particulars and, at another time. Um, hey, uh, do let's do this. This one says my name on it, so I'm going to open it now. You should probably barrel the camera while you Yeah, hey, yeah, you check this out. This is a thing. Um, it's like an ASMR thing. I'm like, I'm just going to oh, crinkle the paper. Cute. Like, Oh, yeah. It is a Star Wars four color pen. Ah, uh, yeah. fuck yeah! That's very good. That's one component <laughs> of it. It is Darth Vader. I am going to take this in the lab. I'm going to sign. You know what? I'm going to sign my thesis <laughs> for the Star Wars pen when I submit it in a few weeks. Huge. And uh, what else we got here? Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, it's some Christmas socks. Oh, that's very good. Oh, oh nice. They've got dinosaurs well. on them too. Which is strange, because Ben's Whoa. a bomb. Whoa, they're like Christmas dinosaurs. That's fucking <laughs> amazing. We're going to get a close-up um, of these Christmas dinosaurs. Can I dinosaurs. suggest, before anyone says anything that would undermine this, 
Should we make people guess who gave it to them as we go around, but not yes. reveal whether they're right or not? Yes, yes. We're revealing the comments. No, so, like, everyone... Gonna... No, we can reveal after everyone's open. So, like, when you open, you have to guess. Okay. And you don't get to find out if you're oh, right okay. until the end. Okay, okay. I love it. Look, I would spoil this game because I definitely did see Grace come in with these pictures <laughs> that she what gave to me. Do? So, I'm pretty sure these are to me I from think, Grace. I think that's probably the game, <laughs> And then you tell everyone else. <laughs> Jackson, you go, you go, you go. Yeah. Alright, barrel the camera, barrel the camera. And show them the, the thing. Show them in it, its wrapped extent. It matches your shirt. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, a nice, uh, very, very good colour palette to start off with. Very summer, very tropical. Uh, a flaming. A flaming. I fucked it up already! <laughs> a flaming O! <laughs> oh, fun! Nice. Oh. <laughs> What is it? Show the camera and tell them. It's a, a fla- flaming ope. <laughs> <laughs> you, know those, you know those words that you've always read but never said aloud? Um, <laughs> no, it's a flamingo shape line. Oh, I love the implication oh, of people coming up to you and being like, nice flamingo t-shirt. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. I should have worn my flamingo shirt. Oh, oh. Dude, that's so good. There you go. <laughs> um, I can. This was probably one, uh, Benjamin, but uh, I won't go any further. That's where my suspicion ends. Okay. Who we got? Me? It's Gracie. Do it. Look at the camera. This isn't the order of the names. Of the <laughs> but with the camera going in the direction. Yeah, with the camera in. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. bumped up billing. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, Christmas demotion. Ha! <laughs> 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 what does it say? It says. <laughs> Grace, you have to say it out loud what it is. It says a backup set to be worn at all times. Oh, it's dice! Oh, oh so nice! Oh, so it's for me to wear! What is it? It's so a... that I don't leave <laughs> my <laughs> dice at home! <laughs> That's <laughs> So to explain this to anyone who's just listening to the audio, it's a velvet oh bag on a Amazing. chain that says Fringe World. So like when you perform oh. at Fringe, like we're doing in January 23rd, 24th, 25th, HDW Laid live shows, get there. Uh, Grace will be wearing this Fringe chain around her That's neck so with a special bag of dice for when she oh constantly fucking forgets her dice. Hang on, That's... there's a minimum, the minimum dice pool needed to play D&D with free actions. Reactions? I can't do that. Someone tried really fractions, hard fractions, to hide fractions, their handwriting. Oh, nice. It's one of those words that you, you know you always read and uh, you say it loud. <laughs> <laughs> Very that's good. The, oh, that's the minimum set. Oh, that's good. So what, what dice are they? What dice are they? Oh, so, it's a D8, D20, and nice. It's a D12. D12. Oh, nice. So it's like an emergency dice that's set. Amazing. That's huge. I love it. Um, I'm gonna say, I don't know actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I feel like the person who bears witness to me forgetting dice the most is Thomas Owen. So I'm guessing. To yeah. Take. Fair enough. All right, Tom, do it up. Let's see. Show them. Show them the camera. It says T up here. Nice. A big capital T. And it's golden, like me. Can I just say, the reason that I was confused when I read the thing was that I thought someone had got me a spare set of keys. Ha! 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 Yeah, that would have been... Holy shit, that would have been so funny. <laughs> I could have done that. I could have done that this yeah, morning. Because you know, uh, Grace had left her fucking keys yeah. in my house. <laughs> It's a suspense <laughs> thing. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> They're little trees for your car. <laughs> <laughs> what flavours are there? Show the camera. Uh, the flavours are new car scent. Oh, nice. Vanilla Rama. <laughs> <laughs> and 
black ice. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's like people die. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a perilous flavor for a car. It's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if I had to take a guess at who gave me these car-based air fresheners, I'm gonna guess. That it was the man I watched duck into the service station <laughs> on the way here after I reminded him about the wow. <laughs> One wow. juicy boy. Wow, Jackson's back in town for Christmas, but that doesn't mean he's remembered his friends. <laughs> yeah. He was thinking, like, I'm in Sydney, I won't have to actually do it. <laughs> when we were talking about it last oh, time. No, not at all. I've just been doing so much uh, cooking and everything at home that, like, I, I just, like, you know, there's too much cheer going. Well, I think everyone gets like this correctly. Yeah. Like, panned out surprisingly well yeah. for ducking into a servo. Because yeah, like, literally, he comes out of the servo and he's like, so how does it feel, like, driving a car now? <laughs> I was trying like, to build narrative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. Oh, I think you nailed it. I, I, asked, I asked T, I was like, what's it like driving? He's like, I've honestly never felt more powerful. <laughs> I was like, good, good. Like, that's, that's great. We just, like, had, like, a five-minute... Black eyes, powerful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hook this up and just bump. <laughs> Put all three up at once, I want to know what it smells like. customary for these special episodes, we're going to jump back into the main story at some point in the past for a bit of a frame narrative. And I think what's happening here is the party, Duncan, Drazilia, and Jody, are on a boat heading from Hanelport out to the Temple of City. Remember when you guys left under cover of Nightfall with Alyssa Brambles and you were on that little boat and there was a couple of hours where you were just trekking along the coast on this boat under a dark, barely moon and starlit sky. And I think probably it's a little boring. You're just sitting there. You don't want to arouse too much attention so there's not like any singing or anything particularly boisterous going on, but just some low conversation. How do you think everyone's feeling? What do you think anyone's saying? <clears throat> Real quick emotions. I think Jody's just loving being out, out, out at sea again. Working in those, working in those sea legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. He's just loving that. that what happened to his A and B legs? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, uh, I guess Brasilia is just like, what's she doing? Just thinking about things. Yeah, arms folded, <laughs> just thinking hateful thoughts. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds on brand. And and what do you think Duncan's doing? Well, I mean, like hateful thoughts has me thinking about fish people, but mm. I think actually no. You know what? I reckon because I. Like, Jackson, you mentioned Jody is, like, enjoying being out on the water again. Yeah. I reckon Duncan is actually having a more negative flashback to a oh. time when he was a kid. And I reckon Duncan probably, uh, to the other side, is like, oh, uh, do you guys want to hear a story about this one time I was on a boat? Well, like, a little boat, kind of like this, uh, when I was a kid. Uh, uh, of course. These, um, these stories of yours, they, they tend to go for, um... A number of hours. Um, but I, I, I think we got time. I'm excited to settle in. Alyssa Brambles chimed in and says, Yeah, we uh, we got time. Should be a couple of hours until we get to uh, Temple of Sea. And yeah, story sounds like a nice way to pass the time. Great. Well, then, um, I suppose, let me tell you the story of the time I met Santa's Claws. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I've done this in the wrong order, but then he turns to the Duncan, turns straight to the barrel of the camera and says, mm-hmm. Welcome to Tales of Duncania. The tale of Santa's Claws. <laughs> <laughs> really didn't bury the lead on that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Dun Khan starts to tell a story about the city he grew up in being the northern one of two cities with the same name was known as Northpal. He grew up there under the reign of King Santar. Northpal was a beautiful place to grow up because King Santar was deep into a long reign of peace, good law, social reform and love for all. He was, as any good dwarven king should be, uh, a model of the everything daddy. <laughs> it's a very esoteric reference. <laughs> His uh, son, the uh, Crown Prince Rudolf, <laughs> was uh, said to usher in, uh, upon his father's imminent abdication, a new era of economic prosperity through generous reforms that would see food brought to the hungry and toys brought to the sad. <laughs> oh, he's an iPad, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheer up, buddy. You can play Flappy Bird. <laughs> Wow, Flappy, Flappy Bird. Bird, dude, that was <laughs> yeah. huge. Yeah, what a pull. In this city, Duncan lived a very peaceful, calm life until the day he got to meet Santar's Claws. I think in order for us to understand how Duncan felt when he met Santar's Claws, we probably as listeners and storytellers ourselves need to meet Santar's Claws, who were um, known as the King's Claws because they were the most lethal mercenaries he had in his employ. Kind of an interesting choice based on what I know the three of us are playing as characters. These were like the three most deadly mercenaries the king could find. Yeah. But yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, that's us! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! The claws had a rather unique uniform, uh, well, uniform element. I don't want to prescribe too much of what you're wearing. I'll get into one specific piece uh, after each of you maybe just introduce yourselves as the mercenaries in the employ of King Santar. I'm playing a character named Malden Berrywine, who is a tiefling warlock. Malden... Well, I don't know how much to tell you about Molden. He's definitely got, like, horns, because he is a tiefling. He's definitely wearing some robes that are kind of, like, bright and festive. And he's got, like, a tabard on. Tell me what he has to wear to be part of Santa's claws first. Um, I'm going to mention that at the end. Okay, okay. Uh, if but anything suffice I say... to say, if any of you say anything that would prohibit it, mm-hmm. I will... Okay, I will, hop on I'll in. hop on that. What you probably notice about Molden is he's got this, like, gnarled black wooden stuff... He's wearing this, like, colourful linen-y robe shirt thing with this tabard. And on the tabard is, like, a silhouette of a very fancy lady, like, tipping a top hat. And that is the tabard of the sort of, uh, guild of warlocks that Moldenberry Wine belongs to. So you'd see a, one Lothian Foulfeather. Ooh. Um, the halfling bard. Very fun. Um, so, so sort of wearing, like, almost like an, an earthy brown sort of uh, studded leather, in oh, a way. Like a um, Mad Max thing, maybe? So, well, like, so this is more like armour. Like, beneath it, there's um, traveller's clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of like Mad Max, though. Like. Kind of like Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like some studded leather. Kind of like Mad Max, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's uh, around his lips, there's the staining of some sort of silver alloy. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's been half in silver spray yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah very yeah. good. And as, as a bard... It, in this culture, it is his role to witness people in their in their grand deeds. Um, so very good. Yeah, very yeah. Good. Uh, I guess this is my character now. Uh, <laughs> so it's sort of like a cool uh, classic folk hero slash Mad Max <laughs> vibe. It's like a Mad Max thing. And Lovian has like immaculate long black hair. 
probably like honestly down to his calves. So I was gonna say like if it was like down to like the bottom of his back sort of thing. For a halfling, that's probably not very far, right? Yeah. Mm. So he is mm. he is like real long hair that he like sort of keeps sort of tied up and that sort of thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, and <laughs> awkwardly, a similar character. <laughs> if you look like to Mad Max thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, my character is um a little halfling rogue. Huge. Yeah. Well, small, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Called Mac Gubbins. Um, He's got some leather armor as well. He's got um, a little jaunty little hat, kind of like raggedy clothing, a little old-fashioned, you might say. Maybe um, industrial area England. I don't know. Oh, nice. Like a cool, like, Dickensian... What? Kind of yes. virgin. Um, nice. Very fun. Yeah. I love Mac Gubbins. Now, are we going to get a fun accent out of Mac Gubbins? Well, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Duncan really tries to impress upon the travelling companions on the boat how, how terrifying it would be to meet these three clearly lethal mercenaries. <laughs> but the spookiest bit about them all is uh, whilst they are under the employ of the king... To make sure that they can't betray each other on a charge or they can't draw from a charge given to them by the king, they are chained to each other <gasps> at the waist. Oh, no. So well. basically, this tall tiefling <laughs> has two little anchors. <laughs> yes. I, I was going to say you guys can choose who's in the middle, but on aesthetics, it's got to be yeah. you. Otherwise, it would just be kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, um, definitely going to have more movement speed. So they are like literal anchors. <laughs> weighing down... Molden as he's just mm. trying to do shit. Uh, I, I'd say there's probably maximum tension 15 feet of chain between you. Okay. You can go to the toilet without everyone coming with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's kind of the the symbol of office of uh, Santa's claws. What if it's one of those toilets? Sorry, guys, just to jump back on the toilet thing. <laughs> what, what if it's one of those toilets where, like, the door is really far from the toilet? That's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's going to be a real problem. And I suppose if the door's really far from the toilet and Tiefling, what's Tiefling's name? Uh, Molden. And if Molden wants to go to the toilet, then the other two are both squeezed up against the door right next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is is inconvenient, but, Mm -hmm. you know. To be fair, halflings can move through other creatures' spaces. So you can just stack on top of each other. That's actually probably what we do, actually. And put on a big long coat and go yeah. to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. If I'd known about this, I would, I would have made a character with a very high strength score rather than eight, so I could fucking like oh, no! <laughs> whip you guys and our opponents. Oh, so fun. Okay, well, what's going on, Tom? What are the claws doing today? You're in the entrance chamber to the Great Hall. Prince Rudolph has. Um, uh, can we address the fact that you were just like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna make Duncan's backstory. <laughs> Christmas themed for the sake of some puns. <laughs> Look, I respect that too. Yeah, that is a commit. Yeah. Completely not surprised. He uh, approaches approaches you from the far side of the Great Hall where uh, the housekeepers are setting up for a grand feast. The hall is already filled with young boys. All the young boys of North Pole are in the hall for a special feast that King Santar has offered to throw for them. Every boy under the age of five is there in the hall. He approaches you and uh, Rudolph, who um, is sort of dealing with a bit of a blood nose at the moment, comes up and says, All right, Claus, I've got some mission for you. The fee is high as always, 
So I need you to go across the river and get the son of the woodsman, Satan. He uh, lives on the on the opposite side from the from the ferry docks. Just head across the river into the woods and collect his son. He's the only boy under the age of five who isn't here in the hall for the feast, and we need him to be here. I'll give you the king's hunting hound, Star. He'll come with you. If you have any trouble finding the boy, just get the hound to look for him in the woods. And also, I'll send you this this, this, this little page boy will come with you as well. His name's Duncan. He's a good, he's a good boy. But we're training him up. One day he'll be one of you claws, but for the moment, he's too young. Too old for the feast, but too young to be a claw. Look, basically... <laughs> We're sending him with you. The reason is, I need Duncan to take a hold of this bowl of herrings. Because these pickled herrings are going to be... Sorry, I'm slipping away. Let me just find Dylan Moran again. Where is he? Dying. Oh my god, Tom. This has been so long. <laughs> these pickled herrings... <laughs> they, can't, they can't be here when Lady Meriden comes... That's that's something else altogether. <laughs> Feel the day the It's top of the morning. It's Rudolph the Red Nose right what do you want from me? Okie dokie, here we go. Lady Meriden's coming to look over the, the banquet and tweak the menu, and I know she hates herrings, but we can't have her getting in the way of the herrings. So take Duncan. Yeah, then we'll take the boy and the herrings. He'll take the herrings. Don't let Duncan eat the herrings, and don't let the hound eat Duncan. Okay, oh take them all. God, it's a fucking riddle. <laughs> take them all, and go get me the woodsman's son from across the river. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. So the hound will eat Duncan. Duncan will eat the herrings. Will the herrings eat the hound? Is this a rock, paper, scissors thing? He's already gone. He's gone. He's got business oh, to attend. Okay. okay, I think just to give you some early characterization on Molden, as this is all happening, Molden is like rolling his eyes and brushing what passes for hair away from his like tiefling head because he is definitely an emo teen. And uh, he's like, okay, we'll go get the stupid boy then. All right, governor. Sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I like the sounds of this, of uh, getting the, uh, the earrings away from here. I think that's a, a jolly good idea. Let's, let's do it right now. I kind of want to do like an Irish accent now. I feel like that's like like appropriate. Go for um, it. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a fine idea. Oof. This is going to be so rough. Buckle in. <laughs> Strap in for some fun accent work. <laughs> get, get excited. <laughs> Uh, okay, great. So I guess we roll out. Auto claws roll out. Also, by the way, uh, so the farmer's name is Sartan and the king's name is Santar. Yeah. Okay, great. Just, all right, cool. So we're all clear on that. He's not a farmer, he's a woodsman. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Woodsman Sartan. Should we have picked up that we are three men following the hound Star to the boy? But the boy is going to be the son of Sartan, so I guess maybe this is like a dark Christmas. Let's find out. Maybe there's some dark Christmas in us. Yeah. All right, Star. Oh, all right, Star. Let's get moving. The sooner we do this, the sooner we can come back and I can go back to doing, you know, cool teen stuff like skateboarding. Let's go. Uh, you head down to the river. There you find a single ferry. That looks to be large enough for the three of you, and you can probably also take the weight of either the hound or Duncan or the bowl of herrings. And, and all three of us. Yeah, so all three of you can fit in it, and then one of the other three things. Wow. So this is... So this is the riddle. I think, um, I think perhaps we... Uh, should we not start with the, um, the hound? 
Well, then Duncan will eat the herrings. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we take Duncan, there was no mention of the hound eating the herrings. The hound was only going to eat Duncan. So if we take Duncan over and leave him there, then go back and get the ha- the hound and take it over. Then we yeah, take Duncan back. We take Duncan back. Then we take the herrings, herrings over. And then then we, we go yeah. back and get Duncan and bring him back over. That's got to be the solution set. This yep. is a bit of a tweak on the classic riddle. Uh, we're just taking a big punt on the fact that this dog does not like fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the only way yeah. around it, though. I think, um, yeah. Let's go for it. Well, okay, now hang on. We solved that too easily. My character's intelligence is 10. Does anyone have any? Yeah. Older, artful dodger over here has got an intelligence 14. Oh, Matt Govins is book smart as an artful dodger. Okay. Street, street smart, I guess. Street, no, street smart. smart would be wisdom, surely. Intelligence is like maths. And um, hello, rogues Mac- have an eye intelligence, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, Mac has read a lot of books about this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Mac's got a lot of... It's not learned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of it's theoretical... Smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Theoretical street smart. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins. I'm yeah, not sure if anyone else is going to get that reference. Yeah, I, look, I like it. Well, maybe that maybe Mac then thinks, knowing a bunch of theoretical street knowledge, that Mac thinks Mac knows how to relate to Malden like a moody teen, because that would be like cool teen yeah, knowledge. Yeah. But in reality, like the books, like he's read about teens in books. Yeah, he's never met a teen yeah, in yeah. life. Um, I, I get you, mate. What it, what is it that teens like? It's um, you know the the that amazing technology. <laughs> Wheels. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what about inclined planes, eh? <laughs> Simple machines. Uh, All right, enough of that. <laughs> Is that Mac? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. We've given it a good go. Oh, right. yeah. It's time to pack it in. Oh. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm just a cockney. Oh. <laughs> just... A cockney accent's so fun yeah, to yeah. do, you know. <laughs> it's bloody brilliant. Uh, I think uh, Lothian turns his friend and's like, "Do you think that we we all need to go back and forth every time, or well, we're chained? Well, I think together. so, mate. We've got this big chain around our waist. <laughs> that was the obvious. <laughs> Unfortunately, not feasible in this context. Yes. Um, so that I think is our best bet. What we've just sketched out. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh-huh. We, we try that. Great. So, do you want to tell me what you do step by step? And okay. I'll... Should we even tie the dog up? Because if we leave, is the dog well trained? Like, um, do we know this dog? Have we worked with this dog before? Uh, I I don't think you've had the honour of working with the Hummy Hound Star before, but um, he is a very well trained hunting dog. Okay, so we probably don't need to tie him up, and then that way, if someone does try to take the herrings, he'll protect them. Yes. I think we definitely say to the hound. I think Malden's like, oh, all right, Star, don't let anyone take these herrings. They're very important to the festival, I guess. Mm. Come on, little Duncan. And then I guess we all get on the boat and we take Duncan across the river. Okay, yeah. So you take Duncan across the river. As you're halfway across, little uh, seven-year-old Duncan hasn't got good sea legs, or river legs for that matter, and he starts feeling nauseous and uh, throws up. In, in the, the boat? boat? In the boat. In the boat? He throws Duncan, up in the boat. Duncan, why in the boat? Does this push us over the weight? Oh, no, the weight was already in his stomach. He's generating mass. It's um, only theoretical street smart. Yeah. So. I think Mon's like, clean that up, Duncan. Come on, man. This is our boat. We gotta go. We got like five trips to make in this thing. And Duncan says, 
Oh, sorry, mate. And uh, starts, starts wiping it up. Uh, that's doing God the Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's baby Dukat. All right, we get across the river, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And we, um, yeah do we? By the time you're there, like, half the side of the boat is smeared with vomit. Dunkan's covered in vomit, but, like, most of it is now in the river. Okay, look, pick him up and throw him in the water. Jesus. Dunkan. Yeah. The current takes him. He's gone. He's going down the river. Yeah, no. On the bank of the river. Oh. I, I was going to say it occurs to me, if we just ice Dunkan right now, we just... No more stories. The story's... Yeah. Like, we create a black hole. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> okay. We... I've read a lot about uh, the creation of black holes and theoretical physics. A <laughs> little experiments I would like to try out. <laughs> I think we just, like, get Duncan to clean himself up in the riverbank while we paddle back over. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Duncan is there washing himself, trying to get the vomit off. Some of it's pretty sticky, but he's doing the best he can. And who, he's what do you... himself. <laughs> yeah, he's singled himself. He, he's only in his first first form at the moment. He'll learn about the other two. Um, so what do you what do you grab next? It was the dog, right? It We've done dog. this like three yeah, times. We grab the dog. We grab the dog and we leave the herrings. Yep. We head back over mm-hmm. with the dog. Yeah. The mm-hmm. dog's licking up the vomit, I bet. Yeah, yeah. He starts cleaning the boat. Oh, very good. Good dog. Efficient. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good work, Star. We get back over, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we put Star down. We pick mm-hmm. up Duncan. Yep. We sail back across the river. Mm-hmm. Duncan throw up again. He tries, but it's all bile, so not much comes oh, out. Can we tell him to do it over the side? Yeah, he does. He okay. just biles into the river a little bit. Oh, right. Right. Jesus. Okay. So it's Hound on the other side, mm-hmm. Young Khan on the boat with us. Mm-hmm. Herring's on the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we get there, we drop Young Khan off, we say, mate, just keep cleaning yourself up, we'll be back in a minute, and we pick up the herrings. Yeah. And we take the herrings back across, and we carefully don't get them in the vomit. Nice. You then have the herrings on the side with the dog. Yep. yep. And them. I tell I tell the dog again to protect the herrings at all costs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Under pain of death. And we head back across the river for Duncan. Yep. And so you we now pick up Duncan, leave the herrings, fish with the dog. The fish. And as you are halfway back across the river, mm-hmm. the vomit that the dog ate from Duncan's stomach changes his gut biome. And now... He's hungry for fish like Duncan was. No! And so you're halfway back across the river, and the hunting hound star gobbles up the bowl of herring. Oh, oh, no! If only we'd tied him up, then we would have completely fucked Tom's narrative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We're out of herrings. Oh, we'll have to get some more. Why do we need the herrings? Because the guy who hired us wants them. He just wanted them out of the house, so the queen didn't get upset, I guess. Not the queen. It was uh, Lady Meriden was going to... Okay. I think maybe smelly fish get them out of here. You know what I'm saying? Who needs them? (laughs) Mac has a pretty hard line on pickled herrings. Mon says, yeah, look, you know, I don't frankly care for them myself, but uh, we're paid to do a job, and I guess we got to do it. That's kind of the whole thing of being a mercenary, right? So we should probably try and get some herrings. I have but one true love, and it is not pickled herrings. <laughs> and then Lothian stares off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're, you're on the opposite side now, on your way to the woods, and you've got the Hound and Duncan. We give Duncan the empty bowl to hold from the herrings. He, he holds it over. Oh, yeah, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you see any herrings, pick them up, I guess. <laughs> Pickle them. <laughs> Pickle them. <laughs> And then we'll don't eat them. Don't eat them because yeah, you you, know, you get it. <laughs> and you can see the path leads into the woods, uh, which is where you're given to understand the home of uh, the woodsman Satan is. Okay, we go there. <laughs> we we do that. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you you head along down into the woods, and before too long, you can see a little house amongst the trees. 
Oh, no. uh, I, sh- I should definitely clarify, like, once we start walking down the path, you probably would all... You, you guys would be familiar with this because you're chained to Molten all the time. Mm-hmm. He is just levitating off the ground because ah. one of my Eldritch Invocations is Ascended Step, which means I can cast Levitate at will without any spell slots or resources. So I'm just hovering along the ground. Crazy. Right? Just like a few, <laughs> just a few centimetres off the ground. Huge. I feel like you're really restricting mine and um, <laughs> Lothian. Lothian's movement because yeah. we're just like... Tailing underneath you now, <laughs> trying to touch the foot. Floor. Like an airship with anchors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we literally are the anchors. Yeah, so yeah. the anchors holding you down, yes. I'm at full height that I can get to. <laughs> 15 feet up off the ground, just hovering forwards, levitating with these two earth-based anchors. I think probably as we're walking along and we're kind of bored also, just going to keep throwing things in. Uh, Molden's definitely reading from his book, Lady Balafrey's Guide to a Life of Ill Repute. That's just important to get that out there. Nice. And we arrive at the house, do we? Yeah, yeah. So you're at the house. Yeah. Uh, you can't see anyone. There's no one. Is there, are there any lights on? Let's take some investigation or perception check, shall we? What would you like us to do, Tom? Take a perception, I guess. I got a 17. 18. With my plus one. Perception. Uh, it looks roughly like um, just a pretty normal house. There's no one around in sight. There's smoke coming from the chimney. Okay, so it seems like someone's inside. Quite possibly. It seems on. at least like there's a fire on. But there's yeah. no light coming from the windows or anything. Ah, uh, well, light as though there was a fire on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They would. Should we try the door? Yeah, sure. is there anything in like the woods surrounding? We've seen like trails heading off or Um, you can see one trail on the far side that heads away further into the woods. Okay. Yeah, let's knock on the door. There's no response to the knock. Do we just want to try the knob? Yeah. It's always my advice. Yeah. We we try the knob. Um, I think before you do that as well. Excuse me, love. Would you like to try the knob? Uh, now, now, who's who's opening the door? Uh, I guess probably me. Okay, cool. In the middle. Yeah, Lothian uh, pulls out his uh, notepad and his like feather quill, and then scratches a note in, which as you sort of see the ink fade away. Um, and then you have a bardic inspiration for one d ten. Huge. Okay. I'm gonna just hide behind. I guess just being you. in the middle means it's probably yeah. most practical yeah. for me to open the door. So. Well, we can, are you are you a light foot halfling? Yeah, I am. Yeah, me oh, too. No. So we we can hide. Yeah. We we literally can just hide behind you. Yeah, yeah, cool. We're I'm, standing on each other's shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm 15 feet in the air. I guess I have to come down yeah. to, open the door. to open the door. Unless yeah. is the chain sufficient to hide them? I levitate down to the door frame height and just try and open the door. The door opens easily. Ugh. Before going in... Mac is really disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to pick some locks, yeah. did you, Mac? Oh, it's such a shame. I look around. What you can see is a little entryway antechamber before a second door. Okay. There's another door in here, guys. Do we want to open that one? That, that was Lothian rolling, a, or look, perceiving around yeah. him, and it was an 18. What you can see is there seems to be a very complex lock on the second door. Oh, I, I think... Oh, right, Lothian, boys. Yeah, Lothian <laughs> sees this and then, like, looks at, looks at Mac and kind of, like, shakes his head towards the lock. Yeah, I think Mac runs right towards it. A little cavalierly. Oh. Pulling us along by yeah. chains. <laughs> yeah, marvellous. I think as you do that... Um, he wangs his head on the door frames. He's still <laughs> the he gets pulled into the room. Like, yeah. uh, I think the hunting hounds start... Hurries in with you and starts sniffing at the door. And then starts like sniffing wildly around the little Can you smell chamber. earrings? He's got the taste for it now. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, um, what did old mate uh, Rodolph... Uh, say about St- Star, like if we couldn't, was it if we couldn't find the child? Yeah, to ask Star to look for him. But let's yeah. maybe just check the house first, and then. All right, all right, all right. I guess we could just ask Star to look around. 
Well, at first, I'm going to have a go at these old locks, mate. <laughs> yeah, nice. Very good. Do you can't even say mate, or am I just projecting my Australian? I think they usually say governor. Oh, no. 16? 16, I think, just does it. It's a, it's a tough one, but you get through it. You pick the lock, and there's now give to the handle. I push it open. Oh. Inside, you see a homely but messy cabin, two beds... A huge fireplace with a raging, well-lit fire. There's pages and pages of texts over every surface. There's a table that looks like maybe it's where dinner is eaten. There's sort of like an empty bowl there and various spread out parchments. There's cupboards that are open with pages stacked in them. Then there's a cabinet of bows at the far end of the room. And, you know, maybe sort of like a box or two and a barrel. So it looks like a woodsman's house, maybe? Yeah, I would say it looks like a woodsman's house, for sure. And it's one story? Yes. And no one appears to be inside? No, no one appears to be inside. So we get Star to sniff around and try and find the kid? Is that... Yeah. Go go a little sniffy, dog. Star starts having a sniff around, and then he starts making strange noises. He's kind of like... Oh, bad hearing. And Star starts coughing up blood. <gasps> oh. I think we've uncovered more a plot. And more blood pours out of his mouth until it looks like his intestines themselves are being Ugh. coughed up out of his mouth as yeah, he's dropped episode, right? dead yeah. on the floor. <gasps> Christmas is a scary time, dude. Star! Star's dead? Star's dead. Is he dead, or can I definitely cast the cancer of Spare the Dying? You can cast that for sure. I do it. You spare him. He's not dying. Star, no! <laughs> so is he just stable on zero hit points unconscious? Or was the yeah, thing? yeah. That's what that does, right? So what you saying yeah. is st- when, when you stabilise him, were you, like, pouring his intestines yeah, just back into his mouth? Yeah, yeah, See, there's your Christmas miracle. Yeah, what I've are you also, worried about? Yeah, all right. I've also got plus five medicine, so let's just see how good a job I do with that. Seventeen medicine check. Whilst so I, I think also... his intestines all end up in roughly the same place as they were before. Oh, wow. Good. Okay. So I done some dog surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Malden, the moody teen wow. veterinarian. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so the dog's now stable but unconscious, I suppose. Mm, yes. Well, shit. No herrings. No star. Uh, I just kind of look at Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't bode well for you, lad. <laughs> Let's have a little look around. Oh, we're, we're all chained together, aren't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like split up and look around. But yeah. We're really. But I mean, you know, you can cover like a thirty-foot diameter. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so true. that's like most Maybe of. Maybe we just do a sweep. The, yeah, that's most of the house. Yeah. And we're yeah. probably like quite expert at this. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are Santa's claws, right? Like, so we do like a slice the pie kind of sweep maneuver. Nice. Where we, like make sure that all the corners are checked yeah, and all yeah, the doors yeah, are yeah, all you know yeah, properly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So what, what kind of checks do you want and who do you want to take them? Um, I think you can probably each take an investigation check and tell you what your roles... Whee! Oh, nat 22, I guess. So. Dude, yeah. I got a nat 20. What? Whoa. I got 12. Hey, you got oh. a bardic inspiration. Hey, I'll have no bardic inspiration. <laughs> so I got 26. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With a group check of like 26, 26 did you get? Yeah. Whoa, okay. Huge. So yeah. Um, What did yours end up at? Or just 12? 12. Yeah, yeah. I've read so... a lot of books about investigating. <laughs> <laughs> I think Molden, uh, with his 12, manages to find roughly the things I've already described. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, there's pages everywhere. There's a fire. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily no, no, get g- deep into... Given that I can read all writing regardless of language, do I find anything interesting on the papers? Um, I reckon with your 12, you do notice that there are 
passages on some of the pages clearly written in ancient Elvish, which is often considered a language of love. Uh, Not all of the pages, but there might be just little phrases here and there. But because you only got a 12 on your investigation, I think you kind of notice that and are kind of like, huh. And, like, keep going. I think probably given... Now, we haven't discussed this at all, but I assume the characters know each other. And just the context clues I've picked up from Jackson's export portrayal of his character, I probably sheathed those over in the direction of... uh, Was it in Lothian? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you just hand him the... He's like, oh, this looks like your kind of thing. And just, like, hand (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think given that and given Lothian's uh, 22, I think Lothian starts to piece together a a, a bit of a picture of what's going on. These pages around the cabin seem to be relatively neatly stacked and separated drafts of various smut texts. (gasps) (laughs) A sexy Christmas adventure. At the centre of the dining table, Lothian discovers a letter sitting beside the neatest pile of pages... And he notices that the letter is signed NG. It's a letter basically being like, thanks for looking over my draft. Always appreciated. NG. P.S. NG? See you on the 12th day of Yule. What? I think Lothian probably like, like shakes a little bit and like kind of scrunches at the paper. Just overcome by, <laughs> by emotion. So this is to the woodsman? Yes, it seems. And what day of Yule is it? Uh, it is, at the moment, the first day of Yule, which is why they're having the feast. I think Lothian starts to scribble, like, in his little notepad, just, like, uncontrollably, sort of, <laughs> without any, like, sort of purpose, but he's just, like, bardically creating, like, words and that sort of thing, and, like, nothing's really happening, but he's just, like, uncontrollably sort of, like, writing away. Like a madman. Yeah, righto, righto. I think with the 26, Matt Gubbins finds... Quite a different letter from High Priest Meriden, the most blessed servant of the Horned Hunter. Uh, You would probably all know is a High Priest of an alternate religious faction in the city that doesn't have a lot of followers, but is gaining ground with the poor people. And the letter seems to be urging the woodsman uh, to come and meet him at the Blessed Grove of Christmas Trees uh, on the first day of Yule. Wait, Meriden is a man? Uh, this letter is from the High Priest Meriden. The High Priest Meriden does have a daughter uh, that you probably all would be familiar with in social circles. Um, for what it's worth, Lothian is now going through the piles of, like, erotic smut and is just, like, scratching his head at them and, like, kind of sweating a little bit as well. <laughs> Good as me. Um, okay. Mac pops up his head and shouts, I think I found a clue! What is it? He's gone to the place in the letter because it's the first day of yule you know so wait you found a letter to the woodsman from the high priest from the high priest saying meet me at this place yeah um i think lothian's like does the high priest uh, have any special significance to you what i don't what that's a bit of a personal question <laughs> <laughs> i think um, um I, I i think lothian then rolls persuasion and is like mac i I, I'm being quite sincere. Like, is there a connection there? And um, I do have plus thirteen on persuasion, but I'm going to roll anyway. Um, that's an eighteen, so that's a thirty-one <laughs> persuasion. Well, uh, 
I wouldn't have told anyone else in the whole world. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Christmas always brings people together. I may have, may not have a, a trifling acquaintance with the uh, high priest's daughter, but uh, nothing, nothing major. She, uh, I'm sure, she doesn't even know who I am. It's just that, um, uh, NG. I believe it stands for one Noel Giant Spain. An old rival of mine and the object of my heart's affections. To be honest, why this fair maiden would be writing uh, her exquisite, exquisite erotica <laughs> <laughs> to one woodsman is beyond me. I think Malden is just like completely unimpressed by this like romance drama being that he's a moody teen. He's just like, oh, whatever, I guess we've got the clue right. Like, we're here to do a job, you are to do the job. I think Mac puts a, a hand on Lothian's shoulder and just sort of gives him a shake of understanding. So, yeah, two halflings just... <laughs> While that happens, Malton Change says, come on, nerds, and starts levitating. <laughs> yeah, nice. Dragging um, us behind you. Yes. Do we know where the Merry Grove of Rispus Trees is? is? In the letter, there is a sort of tacit suggestion it is deeper into the woods. And we say, Duncan, do you know where the blessed grove of Rismus trees is? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I've been there once or twice. I run errands out there sometimes when the High Priest Meriden needs something dropped off. Okay, can you take us there? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, are we bringing the dog? Well, it's unconscious. I guess we could leave it here, or... I don't know, what do you guys think? It'll recover one D4 hit point. It'll recover to one hit point in one D4 hours. So maybe we should bring it along, and it'll wake up at some point along the journey. Don't go and carry the dog. <laughs> I think okay. he puts it in the herring bowl and yeah. just yeah. carries it along. Yeah, Get the blood all over your vomit, you close. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got to um, we've got to make Duncan big and strong, so he's got to carry an yeah. unconscious dog around. This is part yeah, of his training. Nice, nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Duncan basically points down the direction of the other path and heads further into the woods. We'll hop to it then. Oh, you make him lead the way. Yeah, yeah. carrying the dog. <laughs> well, yeah. So you, uh, Duncan, like we don't have any reason to suspect there's anything dangerous going on here. Like we've run into a woodsman's house. He's got a letter saying, "Meet me at this place. We need to find the woodsman." Yeah, the dog vomited up its intestines. Which yeah, because it ate some herrings. In. I'm not sure that tracks. <laughs> I, I don't think that's like a one-to-one thing. Like. Oh, those herrings are really similar to dogs. I think there's a plot going on where those herrings are poisoned in some way. Yeah, but yeah I think yeah. that's not an impending danger to us right now. As no, we're sure, in the woods. Sure, so, sure, sure. So let's on we go. So you uh, head down a uh, delightful woodland path, following uh, Duncan, bearer of the dog bowl, and I think as as we're walking along, Walden's like, "So, uh, what do you guys usually do at Yule? Got any big Yule plans coming up? Wait, are we chained together?" Throughout, like, our non-work hours as well. Yeah. So what are we doing for you? <laughs> <laughs> Says Malden. I was, um, I was thinking that perhaps we could drink some ale and cry. <laughs> that sounds kind of cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can there be a stuffed bird? Oh, I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> we could always go hang out with my family. They're kind of really into this whole, like, warlock mercenary thing. They're okay, I guess. I mean, like, they have a lot of weird traditions and stuff. But, like, if no one else has anywhere better to go, we can go there. You know, they have ale. Probably have some birds. 
<laughs> Not sure if they've got like a roast going or if you're pimping your cousin down. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely like, well, Lady Balafrey, our patron, definitely will send some entertainers and also some birds. So, you know, probably there'll be a bit of a, every kind of uh, bird based thing you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, great. Uh, we continue walking along. And as you head down the path, it gets darker and denser as the forest becomes more substantial. And before too long, ahead of you, Duncan points and says, that's basically the uh, glade up there. I hide behind Molden. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear a low singing coming from the... That kind of like spooky right. low tones in the distance. Does, that, does our bard maybe want to do any like music knowledge checks to see yeah, if we have any idea what's going on? Would that be like a would like a, a history or like an, a uh, magical Shazam? Interestingly, because of check, I'll take performance for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what I'll do simultaneously with that is try and figure out if there's any religious meaning to it, because I'm proficient in religions. Nice. Um, I rolled a five. But I have uh, plus 13. How can you have plus so, 13? That I'm is... a College of Law bard. Wow. I get like double proficiency for like certain skills. Oh, I get that as well. Well, thanks a lot, dude. I forgot. Don't worry, it's not included. <laughs> I, I forgot. Okay, I'm just trying to leak out into I forgot. I forgot I've got them extra skills, yeah? I got like a, a six or uh, seven with all my bonuses. Yeah. So an 18 to. Yeah, nice. So I don't think with the seven you put together much about religion. I wouldn't think so. Maybe. Um. But with the... <laughs> I've been trying to figure that one out my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, the, with the 18, I think you probably pick up that the melody in use is often used in uh, a variant of uh, ballads known as beseeching ballads that are often pleas, uh, whether that's like a pleading love song or like a call to action. It's sort of... The melody of "Please, I beseech thee" is how I would phrase that. Cool. Yeah, I, I relate that to my my fellow cause. There was nothing in the books about this. <laughs> Sounds kind of lame and boring, but whatever. <laughs> um. So you you heading down into the glade, or? Yeah. Yeah, in our stealthy fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, hang on. I'm levitating, so I'm not making any footfall noises at all. And these two are stealthy. So we probably kind of creep up on the glade, and we mm-hmm. probably leave mm-hmm. Duncan a distance back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's group stealth. Up. Group stealth. Group stealth. Um, I, do you, how do you do? You want this levitate to feature into group stealth, Tom? Oh, I, I reckon you can take advantage on your roll. But you have to stay low because if you go too high, you'll be hitting branches. Just off the ground. With advantage, twenty, here boy. It's only an eleven for this stealth check. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-four. Huge. Yeah, I, I think with McGubbin and... Fuck, how do I keep forgetting your name? It's so... Mold Malden. something. Malden Berrywine. Malden Berrywine and McGubbin. Uh, pull it together for the team. McGruber. Um, <laughs> Lothian uh, moves so... Uh, slightly noisily, but the others are so quiet it actually uh, interacts with the maybe sound can, waves like, in li- such a way. Maybe I can like, lift him up a little bit with the limitations yeah, 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 chain yeah, 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 yeah. so his feet aren't touching yeah. him down as much. <laughs> Accidental tiptoes, yeah. just because he has to. Uh, you make your way down towards the glade, and it doesn't seem like anybody's noticed you. As you get closer, what you can see is a young boy who must be under the age of five, tied up on a stone, and 
uh, high priest you would recognize as Meriden stands over the boy uh, singing a song that is the sound you heard as you approached, the beseeching tune. He's standing there weeping, holding a dagger high above his head as though he's ready to plunge it down into the boy. Anyone else in the crowd? Who, uh, yes, kneeling beside the boy is a man dressed in the attire of a woodsman, really. Um, big boots. Uh, sorry? Long, long brown hair. Big boots, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it jet black stare? Is that what it is? Get, get back, back stare. Dep- Very good time. Definitely did play that song in year seven yeah, yeah. in my music class with like a couple of people learning on the guitar yeah, and like nice. Silly so, actually was on the drums nice and we did do it like a little like impromptu little performance of that. Yeah. So Big Black Boots, long brown hair is the woodsman and then apple bottom jeans is called like Meriden? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just creating some law for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know what? He's got fur boots. Yeah, you know, he's um, a bard. He can only understand. And there are apples. Music. There are apples tied around the bottom of oh, his nice. uh, bottom. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not what apple bottom jeans means. <laughs> <laughs> there are gloves swinging apples, swinging like those tassels. apples all over the place. There are there are apples tied around his ankles. Okay, okay that's uh, that's yeah. what he's wearing. Uh, and. They all seem to be rather stoically weeping. Okay. Um, I'm pretty keen to just ice these fools, especially the high priest who's about to murder the child. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be fine. What happens if I just pull out my short bow and try to assassinate him? Can we just all do like a surprise attack round on the high priest? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to kill your girlfriend's enough? dad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we... Almost about like telepathic yeah. awareness. We, we all, just look around. We know what's good. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. Then um, you've been we've been working together a lot. You can do it with winks and nods and all that. Yeah. yeah. Mo- Molden takes his staff and like cocks it like a shotgun. He's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> points it in the direction. Yeah. yeah. Lothian like turns to the other and is like, "I'll take care of the knife," and then uh, casts heat metal on the blade. I cause the object to go red hot. Any creature physical contact with the object takes two d eight fire damage. Um, do we have to do this in order? Do you want to all make our plans, then we'll roll initiative and see which order that they happen in? Yeah, because I think my battle brothers would know about me, an assassin rogue, that if I get to surprise my victim, then it's a critical hit. True. Okay, so, fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're all attack simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Can we do that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sick. So it'll be a con save um, to see whether they can... Oh, wait. It's a con save to see if they can throw or drop the object. Otherwise, they hold on to it and take damage next turn. Yeah, right. I think Molden is like, based on his own sort of personal background of being shanghaied into this cult that he's not particularly into, he's like really incensed by watching this young boy about to be sacrificed for assumedly occult activities. And so he decides to go full nuclear here and burn a fifth level flame strike, just a pillar of holy fire raining down from the heavens. Just directly smiting the high priest <laughs> out of the sky. That's, uh, so we'll definitely put those two together. A lot of fire damage, a lot of heat damage on this boy. <laughs> sure hope he is ready for it. And what's uh, what's the plan of uh, of, of, of Mac? Um, to just pop a calf in his Great, okay, so one arrow shot, one, um, as described by the PHB, vertical column of divine fire. <laughs> and... Um, Blade. Yeah, one flame <laughs> blade. I don't think we're going to kill the woodsman necessarily. Because this thing is like 10 foot radius, but I can just position it so it just hits. In terms of where they're standing, straight ahead of you, you got the kid on a rock. 
on the far side of him, you've got a priest about to mm-hmm. kill him. Kind of to the side of him, maybe slightly towards you, you've got the woodsman kneeling down. Okay. So you probably couldn't hit the priest and the woodsman with a cylinder without hitting the kid. Okay, sure. That's fine. We'll just hit the priest then. That's the one Mullen's most worried about. Cool, like, cool. Should we resolve that and then do initiative? Or? Yep. Yeah, so I, I suppose the premise there is probably the arrows fire first. Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the idea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it almost doesn't matter between the two of you what happens just next. Just a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just like... heat. We'll see whether or not he's going to stick around in this kitchen. Uh, take us away, uh, McGubbin. Guy has some D6s. Oh, yeah, you can. For my sneak attack. you got to try and hit How many first. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> so I get advantage. Do you? Because it's a, a surprise attack, and it's a 19 to hit. That'll hit. And because he is a surprise, it is a critical hit. Oh, so good. Wait, so do you crit on 19 with surprise, or is it just a just surprise? Just any hit. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, crit, so you get double sneak damage as well. Yes. So you're going to get... Fuck. So the short bow does what? 1d6. So that becomes 2d6. And your sneak attack's 4d6? Yes. So that was 8d6. So it's 10d6 plus your dex mod is the damage you're about to deal. No, it's 5d6 for the sneak attack. Okay, so 12d6 yeah. plus, plus <laughs> dex mod is the damage it's about to deal with one arrow. So I think this arrow goes right up his butt. That's the only way this makes sense to me. All right. 10, 13, 37 plus 3, no, 4, 41. Four. 41 piercing damage from this bow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So that is probably an arrow that's like gone into the side <laughs> of his face, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it's, you know, like, it's like a fun Adam Sandler movie where it goes like right up his butt and like that's uh, like the 41 damage. <laughs> from this angle? I think it, I think it's it goes... It's a special to, Christmas goes... treat. What I'm going to say is it goes straight into his face like I said, but then ricochets off his cheekbone, goes down, hits the sacrificial rock, ricochets back up his butthole. Oh, that's very Adam Sandler. That's how it would go in, like, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Happy yeah, yeah. Gilmore was... Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, good, great. Okay, I'm very happy with that. Uh, six, so then... Um, uh... He's gotta be in a world of hurt. Uh, yeah, like, he's, he's, like, screeching in pain. Uh, which one of you guys wants to resolve next? Um, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, alright, so does, does anyone take a con save? Yeah, sure. 14. Nope. So he can't throw the blade away. It sort of like melds into his hand. Um, I, I'm saying, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. burning hot, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 sc- yeah. Like sears into his yeah, flesh. Yeah, yeah. He only takes nine damage, but he is unsuccessful in throwing the blade away. Literally, as the metal heats up and his hands start fusing to it, the sheer, like, psychological shock of the anus arrow <laughs> coupled with his now melting palms. Yeah. He just passes clean the fuck out. Nice. Okay, so that means there is a special radiant hellfire coming down on Daddy. <laughs> because, like, I think that actually tracks. I think I, I, I said it before, Molden would be more incensed at the father. Yeah, and you were already son. trying to figure out how to hit him with the fire. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. definitely, definitely, uh, I, he definitely does need to take a dexterity saving throw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Does four do it? It actually doesn't because the DC is 17. <laughs> as a result of that, he is going to need to take 46 fire damage and 46 radiant damage for me. Um, so, can I please have those D6s back? A Gracie. 
Uh, I'll roll okay. the fire damage with these special La yeah. Flame dice. Uh, what do we got? That's a one, three, three, six. Okay, so 11 fire damage and Ooh. 10, 14, 15 radiant damage. So he takes 26 damage from this pillar of holy flame that rains down out of the heavens. Oh, no. He evaporates. You watch him screech <laughs> and scream in pain as the flesh falls off his hot, hot bones. Oh my god. What a nuclear strike. To the I mean, like a child just witnessed. Yeah, I mean, child is just screaming. <laughs> And screaming, <laughs> wrestling against the bonds that I mean, tie him to the sacrificial rock. He's like, ah! I, guess, I guess this tracks. We, we are the king's most lethal yeah. agents. Yeah. And we just attack, like, a priest and a dude. <laughs> they just got fucking nuked out of existence. <laughs> and then, like, little baby Duncan is just witnessing this, like, oh, so this is what the claws do. <laughs> 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 you, you take a cursory glance back and Duncan's just like almost rocking a little bit but like pretty impressed shaking, shaking he's like holding the he's holding the dog like uh. it's just like we seem like a little bit like out of it and wrapped up in our own world but the second that there's like people to kill it's just like a tactical nucleus strike <laughs> from the claws just like delete them uh, I think uh, Malden, for the very uh, for what it's worth, quickly runs over and tries tries spare the dying on whoever maybe that works on. Uh, that's really up to you as to whether that works or not on either the priest or I mean probably the guy who did get burned to a crisp in regular hellfire. Maybe not. But the priest maybe is the guy only who unconscious, just got isn't he? Shot by an arrow and then burned in the head. Oh, I mean, I when it, yeah, when I say passed out, like he's oh, dying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's got an arrow up his ass. Passed out with an arrow inside his ass. Just in case like, you guys have forgotten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, arrow yeah. in the bubble. <laughs> uh, do you think it's better It's like past the muscle that keeps the poop in. <laughs> oh, <dang. laughs> Does that mean he's just shitting? He is he's just emptying his Shitting bowels. and bleeding. And it's a where, whole maroon And nightmare. that's where Duncan <laughs> learned the second act of the trip. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. So, does it work? Spare the dying on either of them? Um, I think I described the flesh falling off the bones of the other dude. Yeah. So, like, so I'll let you try priest. it on the priest if yeah. you want. Spare the dying, cantrip, just stabilizes someone who's dying. Yeah, yeah. So, I think as you get there, you, you run up, kids screaming and screaming. You cast spare the dying on the priest. If anyone's wondering how I have spare the dying as a warlock, by the way, it's because I'm packed of the tome, so I can take cantrips from other classes. Oh, yeah, nice. dude. The priest stops bleeding out of his anus when you cast Spare the Dying on him. Uh, the shit's still coming out, but, like, no more blood, at least. And the boy on the stone is still just pulling against the ropes that have him tied there. He's just like, what have you done? What have you done? No! Why? Uh, they were gonna assassinate you, little dude. They had to! Okay, whatever, man. Uh, you're clearly in shock. Um, <laughs> I think Molden is just like, does anyone want to deal with this? I don't know what to do about this. All right, kid. From what I've read about grief counselling, <laughs> <laughs> you just need to have, keep calm and carry on. <laughs> Huge. Period appropriate. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, I think um, 
So we just need to take this guy back to the back to the feast. Yeah. Another job well done. Santa's claws. Don't take me there. They'll kill me. He's gonna kill you, He'll little kill little Johnny. <laughs> So, you just said that they were supposed to kill you, but you're worried the king's gonna kill you. What do you care? You're gonna you think die either way. But the same seems like this kind way, of, we're like, yeah, yeah, we're great. No, we're great. Like, um, and win, then we get really. paid that way. Everyone wins. We'll take you. There's, um, you can do the death thing over there. There's a dog <laughs> that you can hang out with. There's another little boy. Um, um, have you met Duncan? The priest said it was the only way. Usually if a priest says something like that to you, you shouldn't listen. <laughs> and that's the moral of the story. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the only way. Tell us what, what's it about, little boy. Just spill. All the children at the feast are going to die. Why is that? Because the king's going to kill them. With the herrings? Don't worry about it. <laughs> the herrings are accounted for. Oh. What? Was that literally all we had to do? Was yeah, we fed them to the dog. The dog died. We well stabilized it. it yeah, I think we're good. What was killing you gonna do out the herrings? The uh, high priest had a vision. You see, a, a prophecy that a boy had been born in North Pole who would become the king of the dwarves, and so the king was going to kill us all. So that we couldn't take the throne, whoever it was. I, um, I hate to tell you this, kid, but, um, we kind of work for the king. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, his plans are kind of our plans. Obviously, we knew that. He told us. That his trusted advisors. Uh, Look, kid, everyone's got a mortgage. Yeah, it's just uh, all right, right, right. Moody team. Yeah. My sacrifice was going to protect the other children. Well, it kind of seems like we're all cool here then, because we did do that already with the herrings. What if we uh, take back a batch of fake? Killing your dad. What if we take back killing your dad? My Cockney accent's gone a bit Essex now, so, um, yeah, what if we, like, get a fake batch of earrings, chuck a little bit of salt in there, because I'm Jamie Oliver now, uh, and, um, Go in with your salt, yeah. go in with your olive oil, yeah. you're going to rub them all over, yeah. um, 180, yeah. 45 no. minutes, crispy skin. We're given the fake earrings without the poison in them, he gives us our money, he gets a kid as well, Bob's your uncle, it's a Yule miracle. Except for the whole dead dad thing. We did do that. There's not a lot we can do about that one. I mean... Don't take me, Dad. Uh, okay. He'll kill me. Yeah, I mean, probably if the herrings thing doesn't work, the king will just start killing the children. Right? Like, you expect that to be... Maybe that's the case. Maybe I need to tell the uh, high priestess daughter... That there was a plot by the king, and then she'll do something about it, and maybe she'll be grateful to me, and she won't hold it against me that I killed her dad. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did save her dad. He's okay. He's uh, he's uh, he's stable. Oh yeah, yeah. he'll be he all right. Probably has no idea what happened, right? He'll recover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll recover one. He'll never know. Yeah, yeah. I've had the 
most brilliant idea, Mac. <laughs> Pitched it like you saved it. You saved his dad from the whole thing. It's bloody brilliant. Now, I don't want to throw a spanner in this. There is one complication, and Malden just sort of rolls his eyes in the direction of the four-year-old child strapped to the rock. <laughs> if someone was talking about maybe never finding out what happened, there is a problem here, so, um... Are you saying we need to kill the kid? <laughs> Actually, I was saying something more along these lines, and then I'm going to use one of my uh, features, because my patron is Lady Balafrey, the Archfey, uh, Queen of Shadows, and one of the boons granted to me as a result of that is that I can project the fearsome presence of the Fey and charm and or frighten someone. So I am definitely going to try and, like, just call up some, like, fey spook. Like, kind of, ro like, roll up into my full height and, like, you know, just really use the spooky tiefling, like, horns. And maybe, like, cast, like, Minor Illusion, which is another cantrip I have to create some, like, hellfire around my hands. And just try and scare this child into never saying a fucking word about anything that he saw today. Or anything ever or again. Yeah, look, he can say words. Just he not... silences the child forever. I'm going to... Look, we'll cross that bridge if we have to, but I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of you just forget the last 15 minutes ever happened. He needs to make a wisdom saving throw to avoid being charmed or frightened. Oh, three. It is 17 that he has to beat, so I think this child is definitely charmed and or frightened by the fearsome presence of the fae. Yeah, I would say fear is definitely the way that's going to lean. And he's like... Well, I guess that, that yeah, just... What I'm wondering, by is just... <laughs> bad accent, bad accent. Um, how, how does the um, erotic fiction fit into all of this? <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I, um, I, I, I also I, I wonder about that. You uh, hear <laughs> Duncan chime up from back with the dog ball. He says, now that the woodsman's uh, done... Do you reckon I could take some of the stuff that was that was in his house? Um, I think you're probably a bit young for that, lad. And we proceed to take the stuff from his house. Oh, is, wait, is this Duncan learning the third of the trip? So what's the plan here? You're going to go tell the high priest's daughter that there was a plot to kill all the kids in town and hope that that makes her fall in love with you. And as a result of that... And to stop the king. She's going to do something to save the kids somehow. And then what do we do with the high priest? We just, like, tell him that we got here in time to see... Oh, we could lie. We could put in a little play. We could say we got here in time to see, like, he was about to do the sacrifice, but then, like, divine yeah. wrath Lothian stepped is in. writing all of this yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like... Well, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like, divine wrath stepped in and, like, saved him because God knew the herrings had already been eaten by the sacrificial dog. And, uh, therefore, the child did no, no longer needed to die. But... In order to sacrifice, to, to, to still s satisfy his thirst for blood, someone did need to die, and it was the woodsman, Satan. Oh, yeah. But the king will still want to kill the children, so he definitely still needs to do something oh, about that. Yeah. I think that's the sort of thing we can um, organize, like, on the spot. 
you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we're hoping that the high priest's daughter yeah, is yeah, going to do something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. That puts everything in a nice little bow, yeah. I think. We could tie everything up in that way. Let's go. How do we feel about that? Yeah, I think we all, like, high-five, and yeah. then we're just yeah. like, oh, do Khan, if you say a word about this, we'll kill your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we, we proceed back towards town. Merry, happy, with the boy, I guess. We have to find an orphanage for the boy, probably. Just hear those sleigh bells ringling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe this is why um, Duncan fell out of like a love with authority figures. When <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he saw this horrifying uh, yeah. plot player. <laughs> so are you going to try and stealth your way to the daughter? Are we going to wake up the priest first and put him in the play? He'll regain hit points in 1d4 hours. Okay, leave him here. Time up. I wonder if um, if perhaps we, we take the, the priest with us. If we can... Carry him, at least, like, part of the way. Duncan, have you got room in that bow? <laughs> oh, yeah, I reckon I can probably fit him in. Or the merrier. <laughs> and we set off. <laughs> we set off on a journey with everyone in tow. So you get back to the city. Uh, do you maybe want to take some stealth checks to see if you can get to the house of the high priest without being seen by the king's Ooh, man? Huge. 18. 27. So, uh, 16. Great, cool. I think probably all up, that, that group check will do it. Yep. Uh, so I would say that you can get to her house. Uh, you find she's there packing bags. We're at the... Yeah, I, your, your, your lady yeah. love. It's I time thought, to do your love actually thing. I thought we were going to the the court. So I'm killing the children. No, no, we're going to get her to do it. Oh. That's the point. Um, I knock on the door. God, um, so nice. no, I think the door's open. I think the door's open. And you can, like, see her yeah. in, the, in the house. But Mac knocks on the open door. Wait, hang on. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mac turns to Lothian and says, um, I need a bit of a, a pep talk. L- Lothian's like, oh, of course. And then uh, the little, like, sort of scribble and that sort of thing. Can and the then- scribbles he does be, like, the cards that uh, Andrew Lincoln has in Love Actually? Lothian like writes up like a little all speech. These little cards, yeah, because yeah. uh-huh. yeah, there's actually there's actually a guard posted on the roof nice. next nice. door that means- who's looking the other way, but he looks like he's close enough that he might hear you if you said anything out loud. Yeah. Oh, now does yeah, that mean yeah. can I give some form of like advantage or bonus to um, Max Persuasion then if I've written the cards, or is it like my? Persuasion? I think it is the Bardic Inspiration, perhaps. Huge. Great, great. So yeah. Like 1d10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And does the first one definitely say say it's carolers? Because then we definitely yes. do need Mac and Malden to start singing to pretend to be carolers out in the street. Well, L- 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 Lothian and... Yes, yes. Lothian yeah. and Malden, yeah. Yeah, Lothian and Malden. So should we definitely take our performance check then to perform as carolers while this is going on? Uh-huh. I'm yeah. going to use my bardic inspiration that you gave me earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> We're just going to be doing some fun caroling here. Definitely 18 performance from me. Um, 7 plus 13, that's a 20. So I think we're doing a very good job yeah. caroling. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a very good job. What, doing that what, hard what carol like... do you think you're singing? Um, Could we get a little bit of it? I can just like a, like a, rather than like a more Christmassy sort of one, like a more basic, like, love, love, love. Love, love, love. Yeah, I wish I knew any of the other words. It's all love. Okay, it's Okay. I knock on the door. She's been drowned. What are you doing here? I hold up the placard. Oh no! I did roll a raw two, but. I am skilled in persuasion, so... And you've got body inspiration. With my body inspiration, it goes up to 15. 
You've come to kill me, haven't you? And I think because um, the bard wrote them, you, Jackson, you gotta say what it says. <laughs> I think it's we know what it says. The first one is say it's Carolers, say and it's then it's various things, and then it's basically just the details of the thing that we were yeah. gonna tell her. Like, yeah. it, like yeah. your dad, your dad was under attack. Your dad was he involved. Was, he was struck down by like a, divine by, wrath, an unknown assassin. <laughs> but we got there and saved him in the nick of time. But the was, king's gonna try and kill the he children. He was struck down by divine fury to protect. The kid, because the, the, God had realised that we'd already yes, done the yeah, yeah, yeah. Our whole plot, yeah. we're going to convince yeah. her that we didn't actually do a bunch of murders. Yeah. So yep. that, yeah, that's what it says on the black But arts. you have to stop the king, he's going to try and kill the children. Yeah, you have to convince your dad, and also you and your own people to try and stop the king. Also, I love you. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> also, you didn't know that. Love me and wrote that in. Amazing. Um, the whole time she's like really on edge like as she's reading these placards and she's kind of you know the, 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 what, 15, 16? 15 15 she's kind of like pretty uneasy she's like the story is so bizarre <laughs> no <laughs> and then and it was then it, written by the greatest bard in all the land it's an incredible story <laughs> and then it gets to the final placard where it says I love you and she's so so baffled <laughs> that it actually removes the tension for her a little bit and she starts to come around to the story and she says uh I mean we can get to that <laughs> I'm sorry Mac. but I th- I think we need to get the children out of here oh yeah right that's really good get the guard good place the and then the guard turns around. That's not a Carola. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I think that probably happens because Mac is so yeah, yeah, overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. I think, no, with the singing, they, the guard doesn't hear. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we sing louder. What are we going to do? If we make lots of tiny little caterers' uniforms... <laughs> We can dress the children up as the caterers who are putting the banquet on and take them out through the staff exit without the king noticing. We can just pretend they're all halflings. We're doing an Ocean Eleven style Christmas heist, but the, the, the thing we're stealing is children from the wrathful king. All right, I'm into this. Do any of you know how to make disguise uniforms? As a matter of fact, I have perfect, unfailing false identity creation, if given enough time. How, how, how much, much time, time is enough time? time? Well, seven days. <laughs> but just to create a whole character, you know? Like, I think just, yeah, these are just like, this is children just, yeah. like halflings. We can, probably, we can probably all work together on this, because I can use Minor Illusion as a cantrip, so I can, like, you know, give them, like, mustaches and stuff so they look like little halfling Sick. adults as opposed yes. to children. You can make them very cursory outfits, and you can probably help uh-huh. with that with your stagecraft. Yeah, make them out of hemp, and I'll use plant growth and really speed up the whole process. Oh, oh, wow, yeah. So nice. we all kind of work together. We get little Duncan in on it as well, because yeah. he's going to have to help he out. He just carries things around wherever yeah, yeah, you need yeah. them. He's carrying them around. And you can see, like, he's getting swole. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep making Duncan stronger and stronger. It's yeah. a Yule miracle. Um, so, you've got your uniforms. <laughs> Do you want to now... 
describe your step-by-step? Are you going to... I think Mac and the priest's daughter go into the hall and, like, brief the children and start dressing the children in their cursory outfits whilst... Oh, fuck, we can't separate. We're all chained together. I was going to say whilst Malden... Okay, I we think the priest's, daughter, the yeah. priest's daughter has to go do the briefing of the children uh, with Duncan. Duncan is assigned this job to go with the priest's daughter and do all the dressing of the children and briefing them on the escape plan. You and mean... This can be the beginning of Duncan. I'm going to have to play a role. <laughs> <laughs> The beginning of Duncan's both stagecraft and military tactician. Yes. Because we're like, you've got to, you've got to, it's a tactical extraction. You've got to get okay. these kids out of the Great Hall. Yeah. Whilst we go to a distraction for Radolf and the king. And it is going to be a Christmas, a Christmas pageant that we're going to perform. I the thought you were going to say a Christmas proposal. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are going to go sing more. Oh, carols. so you're going to distract the king. Yeah. Duncan and the daughter are going to get the kids out. Yeah, yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. Dressed yep. as little caterers. Okay. Is this where you thought this was going to go, Tom? This is exactly where I thought this was going to go. <laughs> Why did you think I sowed all of the seeds? Like, a hall with a feast that would obviously have caterers. Yeah. yeah. This is the end game, I imagine. Fantastic. <laughs> cool. So where are we now? Are we so like- I think now you're going in and you're entering the throne room to report on your mission. Yes. Yep. I think as we enter, Lothian looks at the king and says... Um, your Highness, we, um, we're here to, to brief you on how everything went. But first, we have, um, we have uh, devised a, a, a Yuletide pageant for you to enjoy. Um, and then he casts Suggestion, and he's like, I think it would be wonderful if you were to sit here for the next eight hours and enjoy it. <laughs> and if he could What's just... What's the save? 17. <laughs> but what, is it will? Wisdom. Uh, wisdom. Sorry, yeah, wisdom. Gotta decide on a wisdom bonus for this king. <laughs> roll a d4. That's his wisdom bonus. Okay, I'm gonna roll the d4, and that is gonna be the wisdom bonus. The king, who has a voice not unlike his son's, says, "You know what? <laughs> that sounds exactly like what this Christmas needs." <laughs> and so now, please take your performance checks. Yeah, very oh, good. Okay. All together. Okay. You've got him sitting there, yep. but you need to keep him entertained. Oh, no. <laughs> I got a 16. Uh, that'll be an 18. A 9? <laughs> I think overall, as a group check, you've already convinced him it's a good idea. But so it's you've also, got him on side. It's an 8-hour performance, so it's a real War of the Roses kind <laughs> of thing. He's agreed... To, like, it's suggestion, right? He's yeah. going to sit there for 8 hours. Yeah. Like... He's 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 in. Yeah, Wait, yeah. We can be like yeah. and intermission and come back like six hours later yeah. and bow. Yeah, I think halfway through the intermission, he's calling like, "Is there more though? Can I see some more?" <laughs> he's desperate for more. Yeah. All right. Um, so what happens next in the tale? Suppose to say, do we distract the king long enough without acting performance that we manage to get like? So what happens? What's the plan? We get the children out of the hall. Like, is Duncan and the priestess gonna take them somewhere? We didn't really nail that one down. Um, Are we gonna kill the king? Like, what's the, the, what's the, the priestess here? and Duncan had uh, taken them out of the staff exit during mm-hmm. a performance, and Duncan, now feeling a little bit more riverboat savvy, had uh, ushered the children onto boats at. The uh, port. Nice. Uh, just flee the town? Okay. Yeah. Can I suggest that as we approach the eighth hour of this epic, <laughs> that, um... We are all drenched in sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chains um, are so slim. Mac- it's ending with, like, a flash dance. <laughs> <laughs> Mac somehow, like, works into the narrative through line this magical 
short bow that is brought out in this story. And as Does as he know. goes to fire the ster- ceremonial, you know, stage arrow, surprise, it's a real arrow, and it goes into the king's neck. <laughs> take, so, take a roll. So I get to re-roll the crit fail, because I'm a rogue. Well, lucky halfling, I would think. Yeah, it's a 22 to hit. That'll hit. All right. So it's a crit, then, to surprise. So this is 12, 12 d6 plus dex. Yep, okay, fucking line him up. How many so, do you need? Jesus Christ, she needs 12. Here's 8. There's some good rolls in there. 22, 39, 45. Plus, plus dex. dex. So 50. So another butthole arrow? <laughs> is that what goes on? The arrow, as aimed, as a kill shot. Right at his head, I'm thinking, is how you'd like, aim for that kill shot. Jugular. Jugular, you reckon? Yep. Yeah, okay. So it's going straight for his jugular. But of course, being a king, he's wearing one of those ornate... Mm. Uh, Rose. Neck crowns. Neck crowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those classic ornate neck crowns. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. The arrow. Like all kings wear. Hits the really normal neck crown. Ricochets down into the throne. <laughs> Ricochets up, straight up his anus. <laughs> the king is shitting. The king is bleeding out of his ass. It's all happening. The throne's wet. He slips off. He's on the floor. Blood and shit are pouring. Merry out of Christmas, him. everybody! <laughs> and Duncan turns to the others in the boat. And he's like, ultimately. I could hear that down from the ports. Just the sound of the shit and the blood pouring out of the king. And as we sailed off into the night, I wondered, will I will I ever meet those claws again? And, you know, to this day, I've not seen any of them in the flesh. I don't know exactly what happened next. But about a decade later, when I was at a more appropriate age to be consuming such materials, I happened upon... An erotic novel that had been co-written by Lothian and some NG. And uh, let me tell you, it really opened my eyes to the third best feeling in the world. The true meaning of Christmas! So this whole story was about Dukan being like, I found the most incredible erotica one time. And here's the backstory behind how I knew Vomiting feels better than coming. (laughs) (laughs) How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chappell, Ben McAllister and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.